Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Asher kitshanu b'mitzvotah v'tivanu la'asok b'divrei Torah Ve'harevna Adonai Eloheinu et divrei Torateka Befinu ufi yamka b'tisrael Ve'niyea naknu v'etza etza enu v'etza etza e amka b'tisrael Kulanu yodea shemeka ve'lom de Torateka lishma Baruch atah Adonai ham lameh Torah le'amo Yisrael HaKadosh Baruch Hu, please send Mashiach now. Baruch Abba B'Shem Adonai. I'd like to welcome you to the Ish Shomer podcast, the Shomer Man podcast for Parsha. Oh, man. We lost one to holy, holy, holy. Yeah, I know that was crazy. I wasn't really sure how I was going to introduce this because I literally just put after the death of holy ones. Because Parsha, Achare Mot, Kedoshim, two different Torah portions, put them together and that's the phrase that they make. Someone holy just died and brought Kedusha into the world. Some Azotic, you know, or two Zotics. Uh, namely the sons of Aharon, Nadab and Abihu, they pass away. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, let's talk about atonement. Boom. Let's talk about holiness. And it's just like, wait, what just happened? Are we sad or are we like elated or like what, like what, what just going on? So anyway, after the death of holy ones is our tour portion this week. We are fully into the month of ER, Rosh Hadesh is behind us we got um memorial day and independence day back to back the fourth and fifth of er that's right the uh, the two days that we celebrate uh during this month and then coming up in a few uh days because what are we on we're on uh the third of er's of this podcast so uh we got log by omer the 33rd day of the omer coming up so that'll be here in about a week or so. So yeah, we got we got a few things to give us some momentum going on here. And it's kind of weird. Uh and uh even Rabbi Tonka Truck brings this out. Rabbi Tonka Truck Shlita. Uh that's Rabbi Trugman. So he is bringing up the the paradox that we're going to be celebrating a Memorial Day, which is kind of a sad day because, you know, when Israel was reestablished after the Holocaust and then after the the Six-Day War and then, uh, you know, all the casualties from that and remembering those who perished in the Holocaust and things like that. And we're going to go right out of that into Independence Day when it was like, listen, we are Yisrael, I'm Yisrael Kai, like, let's do this. And it's just like, that was a change. (laughs) You know, that's like, as quick as we left Egypt, you know, like one night we we're in Egypt, the next night we were free out in the wilderness. And it's just like, hmm, this is different. So anyway, um, that's the Torah portion this week. It's just like Nadab and who died. Well, let's talk about atonement and let's talk about being made into holy people. Uh, and it's just like, all right, I guess Hashem, you're, you're in charge. So, uh, you know. We either can get with it or not. So, uh, I talked a little bit about the month already in one of my intro. Uh, I did a new month and transition intro podcast 
because the the letter Vav um, is the the focus of this month, and the word for Kedoshim is actually missing a Vav. So for this podcast, I'm really just going to go ahead and just kind of surf through some of my notes because I have about 18 different drashes right here. So I'm not really sure how to make this flow. But talking about the Vav, let's just go there. The word Kedoshim, Kuf, Dalet, Sheen, Yod, Mem. There should be a Dalet uh, or a Vav, Slika, after the Dalet. So Kedushim, instead of being five letters, should actually be six letters. And it's interesting because the Vav is six. So the Vav representing the six letters that should be in there. And it's like, well, it's missing the Vav. Well, Ishpela Shlita was bringing that down saying, you know, yeah, Kedushim is actually spelled deficiently. And I'm like, yeah, let me see. And I was picking up the wellsprings of Torah, not to be confused with. Torah Wellsprings, definitely two different sources, but they both uh, leave you hurting after you read them. But anyway, this is from an anonymous source in the Wellsprings of Torah. And it says, Vayikra 19, 1 through chapter 20, verse 27, you shall be holy for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. That's Vayikra Leviticus 19, 2. The word Kedoshim for you shall be holy is spelled without a Vav. But Kadosh in I, the Lord, your God, am holy. That's a complete Vav. According to the Midrash, this shows that my holiness is greater than yours. The my being Hashem. It says complete holiness belongs to the Lord alone. So our holiness is lacking the Vav. So when we talk about being holiness, we should understand that no matter how holy we are, we're missing something. I just want to say I love that because the only way to have the complete holiness that we strive towards is when you put the Vav in the picture. Namely, who is the Vav? That's right, Mashiach. So when you put the Vav, when you put Mashiach into the holiness of what we do, then you have now brought forth Hashem's holiness into the world. And you realize that it's not our righteousness, it's His righteousness. You realize it's not, you know, anything that, you know, we're doing that's actually bringing transformation. It's actually what we're we're uh being a vessel and a conduit for you know like mashiach is saying you know i am the vine and you're the branches and if you're in me you can bear fruit but apart from me you can't that's that's what we're looking at here so hashem is like so y'all want y'all to be holy you know even though you're not going to be as holy as i am because only holiness is complete and me, it says complete holiness belongs to Hashem. But you, you do your part, I do my part. Because you act holy, my holiness is going to cover your holiness. You know, it's like the, the little child who's playing on the beach, obviously with parental uh, 
supervision. So your child is out there, you know, building and doing things. And guess what you're doing? First of all, you're making sure that they don't get washed out into the ocean uh, because, you know, tides and things happen. And how close to the water are you playing? Well, probably not that close, but you need to. You're on the beach, so there's things that can go down. But anyway, um, you're you're keeping guard. You're probably participating. But if your child's not playing in the sand, you're probably not going to be playing in the sand. But if your child's playing in the sand, you're probably going to be playing in the sand. So guess what? If we're participating in holiness, Hashem's like, oh, let me let me help them look real cool real quick. So... Where have we seen this before? Well, we've seen this in the fact of there was a bunch of people that was outside of the village. And they were out in a, in a wilderness, if you will. It was starting to get dark. And everybody's been listening to Mashiach drosh all day like nobody's business. Because the Torah is speaking about himself. So, I mean, that's just... Imagine just holding up the Torah scroll and it just speaking. You're just like, oh my gosh, like, what? You know, and that's that's Yeshua, right? So everybody's listening to this. It's getting dark. Tom and Eam are like, all right, well, ooh, look at the time. All right, time for my reeve. You know, everybody should go home because uh, there's nothing to eat here. And she was like, uh, you feed them. And they're like, wait, what? And we got five loaves and two fish. She was like, yeah, that's perfect. Bring it over here. So the key in that is we have to realize what we had. And then once we realize what we had, now we can bring it to the Vav, which would bring a completion. And that way, what we need is now supplied. So when you apply that to Kedoshim, we need to be holy, but the only way we can completely be holy is when we go to the Vav, namely the Word of God, God's voice, His Spirit, and we allow that to work with what we got. So, whatever the Torah is telling us to do, we're like, okay, well, I uh, don't know about that, but here's what I can do at the moment, and you enter into that. You've now put a vav in your kadosh. And because you've done that, now Hashem has given you some support. And now you can go further. Now you can do a little bit more than you thought you could do. You know, many people go, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can be Jewish. But if you're willing to just do one thing, for me, it was just be willing to, to sit at a table and and bring in the Shabbat. I was like, Psh. well, Jews eat kosher and they wear all this crazy stuff. These strings are coming out of their pants and like it's hot. Oh my gosh, you know, and I got to wear this thing on my head. Like, oh man, you know. But I was just willing to just sit at the table and eat some challah. I mean, that was just so hard. It was so hard to sit at the table and eat challah. Oh my gosh, challah is just, man, it's just only like my most favorite food ever. Man, should not live by bread alone? I know. But I try so hard all the time. But anyway, I was just willing to eat the challah. And now, 
I can't even just like, I can't even comprehend where Hashem has brought me because I was willing to sit down and eat challah. I never in my life thought I was going to be Jewish. I never in my life thought that, you know, I was going to be under grace and under law at the same time because I thought they canceled each other out. And it's like, actually, they're a combination. Can't have grace without law. You can't have law without grace. I mean, it's just kind of like, what? That that don't work. I don't, you know, how do I, how do I have Yeshua and be Jewish? Like, what? And you find out, you know, just, just sit down and eat challah. Just, that's all you need to do. If you don't do anything else, sit down and eat challah. Welcome to Shabbat. And I'm telling y'all, man, you know, that was the vibe in my Kadosh right there. Just the complete holiness of Hashem descending into life is just, that's what we have to do. We have to be willing to, to go to the Vav. The Vav brought down in Sefer Otiyot is all about joining, bonding. It says that one who is unique can be joined. So the Vav, the work of the Vav is to join us in to a myriad of constellations, each remaining different, each bound to the other. So all these different facets of Hashem, we're not going to be bound into that. Because out of all those facets, there's something that each of us are intricately connected to. Some people you teach them about Halakha, you give them the tools to do it, and they can just go to town with Halakha and just do some of the most beautiful expositions on that. They have some of the most incredible drops, the most beautiful studies. You know, some people, you give them gematria, and they just, they light up. I don't I, I don't even know anybody like that. I mean, I don't, I don't know anybody who does gematria or anything. So, so anyway, but, you know, Midrash or, you know, like uh, Agata, you know, like the the stories uh, from the Torah, you know, the, the, one of the agotic stories is um, Moshe, baby Moshe um, having, no, that's a Midrash. Uh, one of the agotic stories. Hmm. That's going to be interesting. Uh, well, I think the easiest one for me, as far as what I can remember off the top of my head, is when Moshe was taking his family uh, back to Egypt to go bring redemption. And his firstborn son was not circumcised. And there was this serpent that came and began to devour him. And then his wife Zipporah circumcised the child and the serpent, you know, let go of Moshe and went away. So there's a a story that there was a serpent that did that, or there's another account that says that Hashem sent angels to go take Moshe out. So that like all these different kinds of things. Um, so that was an agotic account. So there's, there's all that stuff that exists within the facets of Hashem. There are people who can write Torah scrolls, mezuzah scrolls to feeling scrolls, uh, there are people who can tie zit zit. There are people who can fix the most kosher meals you could ever have in your entire life. There are people who are just good at um, 
teaching. There are people who are good at singing. There are people who are good at kosher slaughtering. You know, just to name a few things, you know. And so the Vav is what that uh, that actuality is. The Vav brings that out. So that's one thing to to look at when it comes to Kedoshim is really like finding your place. You know, where where do I fit among this royal priesthood and holy nation of every tribe, every tongue, and every nation? So the Vav shows you where you go. Um, Akare Mot. Kind of somber. I mean, this is the first parasha of the two. So I don't know why I didn't start out with Akare Mot, but, you know, I'm all over the place. And so, you know, Brukashim, this is... Just a little introduction to the double tour portion this week and how it connects with the times and everything that's going on. So we're learning about what happened back in Parsha Shimini, where it was the, the eighth day, you know, and this is the inauguration of the Mishkan. It's all the, the sacrifices are being brought. And then Nadav and Avihu take their own censers and they find fire from somewhere else and then they go right into the Holy of Holies and Hashem, you know, sends forth fire from the Holy of Holies and they die. So the aftermath of that is, you know, this is a good time to talk about Yom Kippur. Let's talk about the death of the righteous bringing atonement. Because Akare literally means after, Mot means death. So, right off the bat, we just, in real time here, got done with Pesach, Ha'akamatzot, and now we're going to talk about Yom Kippur. This is all during the Omer. So, as I'm looking at this, I'm like, okay, wait, so we just had Ha'akamatzot, Pesach, all that, culminating in Shavuot. This is all about the first coming of Mashiach, because when Mashiach came, this is when all that went down, the resurrection. He stayed with us first 40 days of the Omer, then he ascended. So we're in that time phase right now. So now with this Torah portion, we're actually going to fast forward in time and focus on the proverbial second coming of the Mashiach where it's the Yom Kippur and it is the festival of Sukkot. So both of them have a 10th day of the month, significant turning point. In Nisan, we have this day called Shabbat Hagadol. The first time Shabbat Hagadol occurred, it was on the 10th of Nisan. But it's not always that the 10th of Nisan is on Shabbat, but it was this year. So that's really cool. But the importance of that day is the lamb that you're going to eat at your Seder on the 10th of Nisan. That's when you choose it. And then you watch over it and protect it and keep it blemish free and inspect it so that you can have it on Pesach. So literally your Pesach starts with the 10th of the month, just like our Sukkot actually starts on the the 10th of the month. But even in both cases, both scenarios actually start on the first day of the month because we the first commandment we got as the Jewish nation was the Rosh Hodesh, the beginning of the months 
namely Nissan. Nissan is the first is the new year for the months, and Tishrei is the new year for the years. So we count the months by Nissan. We count the years by Tishrei. And the first day of those months actually set up what's going to happen afterwards. So Rosh Hashanah, you start off with Shofar Blast, crowning the king, and then Yom Kippur, you focus on atonement. Those Shofar Blasts turn into the smoke of the incense that makes a way into the Holy of Holies. And then you enter into the Holy of Holies, receive ultimate union with Hashem, and then you go off to Sukkot, which is your wedding celebration, and that smoke that took you into the Holy of Holies is now covering your sukkah. That's why the sukkah, the covering, you have to be able to see through it. It's supposed to look like the smoke of glory is over your your uh, dwelling place, your booth. And you have the seven days where you're celebrating your your new marriage, your new union. And then the eighth day is something completely beyond and like, you know, so really into the, the fullness and the actuality of your newfound marriage. So that's, that's Sukkot and Yom Kippur and all that. Well, oh, back over here in Nissan, you start off with Rosh Hodesh, which turns into Shabbat Hagadol, which is where, you know, the Rosh Hodesh, by the way, uh, that takes us into the month of Nissan with the Mazel, the constellation of lamb or goat, which is Tale. So in the heavenlies, or in the stars, if you will, it's the influence of the lamb and the goat. And so we bring down the heavenly things into physicality with the very uh, image of it being what we selected on the 10th. So we select that. Then we bring it on the 14th of Nisan as we remove homets, remove all of our arrogance and pride and anything that puffs us up and makes us think that we're all that in a bag of chips. Uh, we take that all out and we partake of the lamb. We get born again. Then we go into seven days of this this renewing process. Then in those seven days, we begin this transformation process spiraling back up so culminating in Shabbat so literally when we look at the parasha Mot, it actually talks about events that began on the first of Nisan Nadab and Avihu died on the first day of Nisan which is the kickoff to our redemption it started with understanding the seasons and the times Partaking of the lamb that was slain for the sin of the world and to bring us redemption, to take us out of slavery and bondage and death and bring us to himself. So that's a car emote. And I'm like, all right. So we're talking about Yom Kippur, which is the culmination of Rosh Hashanah. And also uh, when there's a Jubilee year, which is called the Yovel the Yovel actually goes into full effect at the final shofar blast of Yom Kippur. So even though your Jubilee year technically starts at Rosh Hashanah, you don't really get to fully enter into that Jubilee until you go through Yom Kippur. So Yom Kippur is like that pivotal point, just like again, Shabbat HaGadol is pivotal point. 
that's really when we were free from Egypt, by the way, is on Shabbat Haggadol. When we took that lamb and we said, you know what? Boom, we got it. Because the lamb was the God of Egypt. And we said, you know what? We'll take this Egyptian God and we're going to offer it to Hashem and we're going to walk right out of here. And everybody's like, what in the world? The Jewish people have lost their mind. But anyway, so because that's what you have to do. You have to kill the God of your exile. And Hashem, by his commandments, has actually given us the avenue and the opportunity to do that. So if you think about the God of the exile of Rome, Edom, this exile that we're currently in, the God of it is man. It's our own self. It's our own aspirations. It's our own goals. It's our own way. It's our own mentality. If we can take that, offer it to Hashem and say, you know what, Hashem? I place my hope and I place my trust in you. What consciousness, what aspirations, what desires, what lifestyle should I be living? So now you enter into a Chare Mote because you've killed yourself. So now after death, you're going to be led into holiness. Because when you die for Hashem, that's when he's like, good. Let me show you something. It's the picture in the Matrix when Neo took the red pill. That was the end of him being a part of the Matrix. So... That's uh back to my point here, Yom Kippur, culmination of Rosh Hashanah. This is actually when the Jubilee takes effect. So uh, the idea of suspended animation is kind of a thing because from Shabbat Haggadol to Pesach, um, it was kind of like we're free, but we're still in Egypt. So from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, it's like, well, everybody's free, but we're still you know, at our master's house, we still haven't actually gone out into that freedom. So there's this kind of like you're free, but you're not out yet, kind of. So this is how the second coming of Mashiach looks, because the second time the Torah was given, literally those stone tablets, they were given on, on Yom Kippur. And when Mashiach came, he was the renewal of those sapphire tablets, not the stone tablets. So the tablets that we were really anticipating, which is why him being raised and spending the first 40 days of the Omer with us is so powerful because that same Kedusha is available to us today. So for these first 40 days of the Omer, we should literally be able to tangibly feel the essence of Mashiach again, who is that Vav being in our midst sapphire tablets and here's our torah portion talking about the second giving of the torah which is yom kippur and again yom kippur is after the death of nadab and avihu it, that's where it's being talked about so we're getting a glimpse of this all right now like all this kedusha of yom kippur and pesach and resurrection and all that is right here right now so I was like, okay, so we got Yom Kippur and Pesach mashed up. So G Shekel Shlita brings down Sonsino Zohar Shemot section two, page two forty or page forty B. 
So Shemot section two, page 40B. It says, also on the 10th day of this seventh month, which is Yom Kippur, there shall be a day of atonement. Vayikra 23:27. Roman numerals are kind of tough for me, so that's kind of struggling. It says, with the words in the 10th day of this month, uh, Shemot 12:3. it says, used in regard to the festival of Pesach, for the one tenth day is dependent on the other. So Zohar basically just said, we talk about the tenth day as the day of atonement. That's in Tishrei. And then the tenth day of the month over here in Nisan matches the tenth day over there in Tishrei. Here's your atonement. So in order for you to receive atonement in Nisan and Tishrei, there's that selection of the lamb. There's the Yom Kippur service and all of that. So our our former reign and our latter reigns are linked up. So 10th of Nisan is like the 10th of Tishrei. The 14th of Nisan is like the 14th of Tishrei. So Mashiach, Yeshua, is offered up on the 14th of Nisan. And on the 14th of Tishrei, we're putting the finishing touches on our sukkah so now if you put this mirror image of you're now putting up poles and mashiach's hanging on a pole so in your nissan there's a crucifixion and your tishrei there's your sukkah so mashiach gets taken down put in the grave and then you over here on the other side in your sukkah you enter into your sukkah so now it's like was it a coincidence that the 15th of nissan and the 15th of tishrei are both days where you've entered into a proverbial sukkah. In Nisan, it was spiritual. And in Tishrei, it's physical, but it's really spiritual. So you've now entered into the death and the burial and the resurrection of Mashiach because the end of the 15th of Tishrei, when you actually go into the second day of Sukkot, over here on the other side, back over here in Nisan, that's when Mashiach is being raised so you literally die into newness of life through celebrating the festival of matzah and Sukkot. So both of these events happening all at once with the reality of the life of the Messiah, Zohar is letting us know, hey, these things are synced up. Okay, so... We go through the festival of matzah. It's like going through the festival of Sukkot. We're experiencing that redemption and that atonement all at the same time. So the gap now is that we're waiting on Shavuot. But in Tishrei, we go right into Shemini Atzeret and Simchat Torah. So that's kind of a weird little play right there because now you're going to have this these days of separation, so to speak, to get to your eighth day. Because Sukkot and, okay, so Matzot and Sukkot, they're both seven days. Sukkot has the eighth day as Shemini Atzeret Simchat Torah, like right there. But over here with the festival of Matzot, you have your seven days and then you count 
all the way until you get to Shabbat. So if you can pull Shabbat back a little bit, that's actually the eighth day if you want to try to make a match up there. So these things are, are intertwined with one another. So to make our little mirror match the best way we can, take the seventh day of Sukkot and expand that for like 49 days. So that way, when it's actually the eighth day, that'll be like the fifth day or 50th day. So I know without having a diagram to put all this together, it's kind of hard to explain. But just the whole picture is that Matzot and Shavuot are linked with Sukkot and Shemini Atzeret Simchat Torah. And isn't it interesting? Shavuot, you're celebrating receiving the Torah. Simchat Torah, you're celebrating the Torah. Like, that the Torah was given to us. So, Shavuot and Shemini Atzeret Simchat Torah are both, like, the same thing. They're both eight-day festivals. They're both, like, this celebration of, you know, transcendence and going into the eighth dimension. So, and again, I talked about eighth dimension during uh, Parsha Shemini. So, if you want to go back and podcast and, and blue screen with me on that, that's cool. Uh, I'm still not right. Uh, eighth dimension is just, I don't even know. But anyway, so uh, yeah, that's that's brought down from Zohar, linking up Nissan and Tishrei like that. Uh, this clears up the Hebrews 9 passage where in verse 28 that says, so also, so also Messiah was offered once to bear the sins of many, he will bear a he will appear a second time apart from sin to those eagerly awaiting him for salvation. See, that's the thing because we know that Messiah is soon to return, but it's like, are we eager? Are we awaiting it? And as we're eager and awaiting, what does that look like? Well, what did it look like for the Talmudim to sit in the upper room? And wait on Shavuot, the day when the tongues of fire and the and all that came down. And then Kepha got up and just droshed like nobody's business. And thousands of people came, became uh, converts. So, you know, we sat in our sukkah for seven days. Awaiting the eighth day. Shemini Adzeret. We cried out to Hashem for salvation. And then finally it's like, let's just let's just burst open the doors. Shemini Adzeret, Simchat Torah, all the joy, all the passion in the world for the word of God and, and being one and being made new with him, like everybody. It's like, okay. So anyway, that's what our eager awaiting looks like, which means that we're observant. It means that we're filling up our hands with mitzvot. It looks like what we said at the end of our Seder next year in Yerushalayim. Because you know, at Yom Kippur, we say the same thing at the Ne'ilah service. We say next year in Yerushalayim on the Yom Kippur Magzor, page 765, we say next year in Yerushalayim. The redemption from the danger of our past sins is only a partial salvation 
for we continue to be surrounded by all the temptation and pressures of exile. We express our longing, therefore, for the spiritual cleansing and physical rejuvenation of messianic times. So there's that prayer called the Nirtzah at the end of our Seder, where we ask Hashem to accept everything that we've done for the Seder. And may we be in the new Yerushalayim the next time we celebrate the Seder. And it's like, may we be done with our sin and be in the new Yerushalayim for the next Day of Atonement. So, again, it's just, it's interesting. Um, I put it down here, this little dot that says, Freedom from the Yetzahara. Because at the end of Pesach, at the end of the Festival of Matzot, Hashem gave us freedom over our Yetzahara. At the end of Yom Kippur, Hashem gives us freedom over our Yetzahara. But the thing is, is that until the final redemption, we're still caught in this loop of, we're still in exile though. We're, we're still not in the final redemption yet. And because final redemption hasn't occurred, then we still have to deal with the dangers that surround us to chasbe shalom, relapse, to chasbe shalom, backslide, and to continue to empower the exile. So until redemption happens, that's what we have to focus on. So we have to focus on dying to ourselves and becoming holy. That's the basic introduction to this week's double tour portion. So wanted to share that with everybody and Bezrat Hashem. Uh, we will get more into um, some more insights and I'll be prayerfully figuring out how to systematically go through these notes because Brukashem. It's a lot of stuff in this tour portion and um it it really goes with what we are what we are currently walking through in our life right now. So everyone please counting please continue counting your Omer and let us look forward to a um a meaningful and impactful uh Memorial Day on the Hebrew calendar coming up for the fourth of ER. And let us uh, experience new heights as we enter into the 5th of ER, celebrating our independence. Baruch Abba Shem Adonai, HaKadosh Baruch please send Mashiach now. Baruch Atah Adonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Natan Lanu Torah Temet, Vekaye Olam Natabetokeinu, Baruch Atah Adonai, no tain ha